Hello, welcome to the 40k Spy Center, your home for the news and knowledge on 40k, delivered with some English sarcasm and flair. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm joined by Mr. John Scrivens. Hello, John. Hello, Rob. How are you? Oh, great. Thank you. You did not know <laughs> what energy you were going to put into that hello, did you? I was you just like, like do, do I go sarcastic or yeah, do I, I go see kind it. of I chilled can... out? I can I'm see the coffee, cogs. so God knows. Okay, all right. Uh, we're by My Mr. favorite Tom. time is always when I can see the cogs. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, we're joined by Mr. Tom Layton. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. Um, yeah, it's been a been an all right week. I'll talk about it in a bit. But uh, yeah, I'm overall as a TLDR, I am great, thank you. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we're prepping again. Still, uh, we've got the the top sixteen U- um, World Age of Sigma players attending the. Oh, that's uh, cool attending our event that we're hosting this weekend here in the arena. So very excited to do that. So just been prepping that and doing some other little elements, which is really fun. Um, other than that, I've been, I've been How chilling. Many, uh, is that two days or one day? Two or days, how's that two days. Oh, so Saturday yes. and Sunday. Uh, but other than that, I've been enjoying uh, looking at loads of squats being painted online. Uh, I've enjoyed the look of that. And I've been perusing because the scuttlebutt is my orcs might not be terrible. So I've been perusing the waterways and highways of the internet try and dip my toe back into the 40k waters especially as i can now officially announce that i'll be doing live coverage of the 40k event at capital city bloodbath in a few weeks over in ottawa in canada so any canadian friends shout out and meet me there because that's gonna be fun i'm joined by mr the falcon and mr the mr the val heffelfinger yeah, yeah, you. Um, I saw Darren posted that Rob will be joined by Tom in, <laughs> in Canada, and uh, I read that and I thought, "Am I about to discover something here? <laughs> <laughs> have, I been, have I been signed up for something I did not expect?" Uh, hey, Jeffrey. Uh, I I, but uh, I feel like Darren might be done for false spot for false advertising. Yes. Now, admittedly, it's a good surprise that it's not going to be me, but it was misleading. So. Agreed, agreed. Sorry, we'll all have a word with him. But we're going to be there for a Tom. It is a Tom. It is a Tom. It's a great Tom as well. Let's be honest. So, hello everyone in the chat. Call no, going thanks. Plane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks for resubscribing, Marchetters, Mister Neil C. All thanks for resubbing. I see a bunch of people in the chat. Jog, Alan Drell, Neil Default. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Um, uh, how do we get Tom to go? It's the week after. Give it's, him... it's the week after Worlds. You will have to kidnap me because Give I don't him... want to play more 40k now, and I certainly won't want to play anymore after Worlds. Give him 1,500 USD, and he can travel over. Um, okay, pay, pay me, and I'll be all right. Well, I mean, that's the that's the ticket price. So, yeah. like, it's, well, you you're... pay me the ticket, the plane, the hotel, and some money to incentivize me to actually go, <laughs> and maybe I will. But, that's not how it works tom that's not how it works sorry live coverage you you get paid nothing <laughs> yeah. i'm not doing any live coverage I'm playing in the event. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah that's what i'm just trying to tell you you get nothing and you'll like it that's yeah, how it works i don't need to follow your rules <laughs> you telling me that you telling me the deal where you get shafted and no one gives you anything is a good deal because it sounds terrible no i'm telling you that i'm not accepting that deal and if they want me to come and play i'll have to be asking you something else same, bro. Same. All right. Okay. Oh, well, listen. Gosh. Lovely to have all three of us on the show. Thanks. Lovely to have everyone on the show. Uh, we're going to be. It's a quickest one today, uh, but that's because there's been some pretty interesting spice. There's some news about some new releases, uh, which we're going to cover. There's also an FAQ up, which we're going to talk about as well. And then maybe the kind of like, I guess, possibly the biggest news in 40k. 
in a very long time has occurred, which probably most people in the community won't cover because we are not signed to an NDA. So I haven't I retired yet, Rob. Settle down. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the two wound kale space marines? Exactly, John. Exactly. Yeah, now Jim Bessel doesn't do his thing. Like He's not covering it, so who will? You know. <laughs> well, okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we get on with uh, that information and all the other stuff, I'm just going to find out everyone. Is John, you're okay? Done any 40k recently? Been hyped <laughs> since Warzone Nilfahim? John, you're running an event soon. Can you let everyone know about that? Yeah, so um, I'm running at the arena a Tempest of War match play event, but with a twist that each of the um, players has to be part of one of four alliances. So it's basically like doing a team event, but without the, the kind of the team pairing bit. So they'll be doing the whole Maelstrom card thing, and then all their points go in towards which alliance is going to win. Sounds like right a heresy to- event. And then I'm writing some narrative that then based on who, which team wins kind of each round overall, the story develops. So it's match cool. play, but there's a story. That's and it's making cool. my head hurt because there's a lot of variation of like who could do well and who could do badly in each round and then kind of the tree. But it's, it's going to be quite fun, I think, because it's tr- I'm trying to encourage people to be thematic, but at the same time, bring a dick kicking list at the same time. So it's that weird kind of duality of strong but also not just looking like some sort of weird net list so you, unless that's what the theme should be yeah it's an out and out 16 person two-day yeah. 40k event where yeah. you can bring your 2000 point match play dick kicking army but john builds a narrative around it writes a narrative exactly puts a narrative on um and uh thank you very much to kids with sids uh, for, <laughs> for oh, subscribing nice. um yeah. uh yeah so like and, and i'll be playing i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be fun uh, I'm pretty certain I am. Or you asked me to, and I said... I asked, maybe. and you were like, maybe. So I, I've kind of left that open. Okay, all right. Well, I think I'm going to try, is the goal. Um, okay. But getting my orcs ready for that time might be the stress. But I'm looking forward to it anyway. Uh, it, maybe it's the encouragement I need to do so. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it sounds really fun, to be honest. I'm looking forward to it. And we're also using Maelstrom cards on, all right? Yeah, so Tempest of War, which is the kind of updated version of Maelstrom. So it's like ninth edition but with the whole, you draw cards. But rather than it being like, you get scuppered with a card and it's one you can't physically possibly ever do, like kill a cycle and then have a cycle, you can, there's ways of cycling through them and stuff. So it's it's quite fun. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. I, I really am. That's that's looking really fun. Have you done any other 40k recently? Or have you just been... Have you, have you just <laughs> I been... have not. I, oh, why? I actually played X-Wing on Friday for the first time in about seven or eight years, and it was good fun. Wow. Uh, yeah. What is it? I I would think with the launch of Nilfim, Nilfim, Nehelfim, this would be your Nelfim. place to this would be your place to jump into 40k, uh, two feet going. Or you just played a lot in the past year. Well, I I think I did quite a lot of events, even like just doing one days, and it being kind of every couple of weeks for a while. So it was kind of nice to just be chilling a bit. And I was I think I was starting to feel a bit burnt out hobby wise, basically just not just the playing but also the painting. So it's kind of nice to stop for a bit and kind of catch my breath. And I yeah. do feel a little bit more energized for the game now because I've kind of had a few weeks kind of when I did my kill team event, doing a few different things. And and it's kind of nice to just come back to it and go, fresh set of eyes and go, cool, new season. What am I going to start with now? And kind of approach it from like a starting baseline. So I don't know yet what I'm going to do either. So it might be orcs, might be dark angels, might be my knights that I've half painted. Who knows? All right, perfect. Perfect. Okay, good. Um, so you don't know how you're going to jump back in? No, not yet. 
All right, interesting, mate. Interesting, interesting. I can't wait to see how this journey with John goes. I feel like because you've always been such a fanboy, I don't know like if it's too quick, too fast for you to process, like or you're just in a different place. Um, Maybe a bit of both. Like it's going very quickly, and also we're almost a bit spoilt by the quality of games you can play. And I'm lucky that a lot of the people in my local community want to play these other games, Mm. so I don't have to just go right. I'm going to play 40k because that's the only option. That's fair. That's fair. It's also not one of the quality games. Exactly, Tom. Mm. Got him. <laughs> All right, Tom, what about you? What have you been doing the past week? Oh, I've been good. Um, I've not been doing like full wargaming because I'm trying to, although wargaming is a big part of my life and something I really, really enjoy, it's not like, I never want to get bogged down in thinking that it's like central to me, right? You know what I mean? So um, I've, uh, I got, I've been going to the gym a lot recently. Um, I got derailed a bit last week. I only went three times. So I put that back on track last week. That's been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have I done? Uh, went and played rounders in the park with some mates. That was pretty good. Uh, oh, and I bought a load of models with my... I had a fund uh, on the side for my WTC army for this year. Yeah. And I, I bought it. So we're locked in. We've got no more models. Uh, no more books coming out before WTC that are going to be legal. Yeah. Chaos Space will not be allowed at WTC. Okay. Because we've had the vote. It's not going to happen. So the last book that's allowed is the Warzone Nephilim chapter approved. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is, are you holding a silent king in your hand? I, I'm, I'm, I'm holding a, a chair, Rob. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> The fucking wheel will turn. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> oh my god! I, I might glue the top of this throne to the bottom of it, but I can promise you, it's just a throne. There's no, there's no king of any description. Loud or silent. Throne, Loud or silent. <laughs> it's the empty yeah, throne. Neil, shut the fuck up, okay? I know, I know, you were on the phone to me as I went to go and get this money. <laughs> like... <laughs> Okay, so the Silent King. Okay, <sighs> they don't need to know about my financial woes. Okay, so it's is fine. it is, is it so is it locked in now with no FAQs, no FAQs. So like at this point, like the game state is set for WTC, and there are no changes. We, I think we're still waiting on a Chaos Knights FAQ. Okay, but I think that's it because we got the Imperial Knights FAQ today. Um, so I'm going to go test at Element Games uh, some of these units because. We've always thought Necrons were good. Like, we were running them at Allies of Convenience, the team tournament, in, like, May, and I talked about it then. Yeah. Um, as a team, we always thought Necrons were really, really good. And then Games Workshop came in and buffed them on Wednesday last week and then buffed them again on Thursday. So... They did. Hmm. Also, I discovered my mate who I was going to borrow the models off isn't happy about me flying to Belgium with these models. Oh, Chaos Knights, FAQ. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. Thanks, Pete. Last week. Yeah. Um... So I have I have bought my own Necron army to fly through Manchester Airport with, and having glued this piece of shit together for the last two days, mm. I understand why he didn't want me flying with it. Oh, is it likely it, to break? Oh, mate, this the staircase on the front of this. So each step is made up of two parts. Then you have the legs underneath that are made up of two other parts, and all of them are kind of just like you balance them against each other. It's like <laughs> trying to form a brick without anything inside. Okay. And I've also had this like weird banister rail that I've had to glue together. That was horrific. Um, so 
There's a reason why I'm still kind of... Oh, oh hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm at that point where it might be glued enough that I can put it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's screw enough, right? You know when you're gluing a model, right? And you think that you don't need to hold it anymore because it's it's secure enough that you can put it down. Mm. I mean, you put it down and then it falls off. That's why uh, any of those bits that are a bit ambiguous now, I super glue. And then just activate it immediately. Because I'm just like, if it breaks, it's going to be a clean break. And I don't have to touch it now. I, I know I'm an award-winning hobbyist, Grivo. And that's why I don't use Activator. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> I also played okay. some Age of Sigmar, Rob. Uh, you did also great. play some Age of Sigmar at the I weekend. I got Purple Sunned by a, a heavy... <laughs> <laughs> Is it two big Purple Suns? Right in your face. <laughs> Uh, I've seen uh, I've seen that Tabletop Tactics is going to start creating Age of Sigmar content, and honestly, I'm really excited for that because uh, because uh, when you truly introduce the madness to people, they're like, "Oh, I think I get this now. Like, I get this." Oh, um, no, you're always aware of it. But then when you call intern Matt over, say, "Matt, can you uh, can you roll this dice, please?" What? <laughs> Matt, can you roll this dice, please? I'm number one. Oh, thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Appreciate you. Anyway, okay. So, uh, so with forty k support. In fact, I'm going to go in and follow math emotional support right now because that's just that phase appears in my my nightmares after that. <laughs> well, that reminds me of a better tweet from a, a completely unrelated account. You didn't follow me. If that's your account, Scrubber, you didn't follow me, and I'm very mad. So, uh, so that said, so you've got Necrons locked in um, for WTC, uh, which brings us on to the the new section. Um, I might. At the new section, uh, and John, this is where we take. This is where you take over. You got some. You got some stuff to drop. Not hot knowledge on us. I'm not sure if this is true. John's a bit of a kill team specialist nowadays. Uh, it's one of his uh, go to. I've, I've played a bit of it now. Um, hey, John, so... anyone's a kill team specialist. Like it's. Not, I, I, I'm not telling. I'm not. Hey, I'm not saying that you're like like a Nobel winner. Yeah, I'm just saying you played some kill team. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah? So that makes you so a kill team like specialist. Team there, Rob, who just hates skirmish games so... because he's racist. <laughs> so when we um, when we last talked about uh, kill team, kind of in, in kind of in brief, I think it was when we were looking at uh, some of the kind of the future for it and i was kind of discussing kind of the trainer stuff if you might remember i kind of said i think they're going to go kind of zone mortalis yes as their next route and maybe use the necromunda terrain this article they've posted today has a video showing bits of a space hulk and not much else but it states that it's going to be in a dark and confined environment for the new kill zone so i just read i've read i think i've got a bug in my in my studio i'm not gonna lie oh okay i think they're listening in and this little guy is very similar to there was in the the last version of Space Hulk. You get a little like robot like that, but it has little like roofs and stuff on it, so it looks a bit more kind of archaic. This looks like a kind of a modernization of that. Okay. So this is kind of like that whole you know like um, you get uh, bomb techs and stuff that are kind of going into like a a building that's crashed, uh, kind of broken down and stuff and they send in a little robot drone wheeling in to go see if there's anyone alive yes this is the 40k version of that so it's probably to go see if there's something within the geller field that shouldn't be that type of thing i imagine yeah okay all right interesting uh which leads us on to the next article right so if you look at the base of it more importantly rob yeah. when we had the preview of all Hold the on. imperial Hunt guard Hunt. stuff for youtube for, for the podcast listeners it is a dry gray base with a small rusty rock yeah, and some and looks like tiles like to exist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so when we got the preview of the um, 
the veteran guard, the Karskin guys. Yeah, the Karskins. They had a very weird basing compared to everyone else. They had weird concrete tiles or like plastic tiles on their basing, which if we scroll to the other article, looks almost identical. Yeah, so just going down to the Karskin, so same. So you're thinking there's going to be a there new in the kill... box. You think it's going to be a new kill team FOMO box, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. or just the next kill team box? Just the it's... next kill team box. So their structure is now they release two kill teams, yeah, with some sort of terrain. The book to play the two kill teams is in the box, and they go right. That's 120 quid or whatever. Yeah. So I okay. think it's going to be these guys, and my theory for the other one is I think it might actually be some of the Votan guys. You think it'll be the Votan guys? The theory I've got behind this is it's in a Space Hulk. Yeah. The introduction of the Votan guys is they are scrappers that go and kind of salvage stuff in old Hulks. Okay, nice. It, it just it all their, fits. Um, their trailer video is them in a Space Hulk now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just it all it all kind of maps it together. All, so. It's all connected. So that'll be the way of getting people to buy into Kill Team, to buy the Votan, and to get these guard guys at the same time. So it's a double whammy. So I don't think it'll have any terrain, though. It'll just be a cardboard base. Okay. All right. Why, why spend money if they don't need to? I mean, yeah. Like, why spend money if you don't need to? Because they did it for the last edition of Kill Team. They did a box called Kill Team Arena, which was literally just a fold-out board like a board game mm. with some doors and some barricades. I think that's what this will have as I gotta well. Say, Probably the same sprue. I got to say... And don't quote me on this because I don't want anyone to bring it up again in the future. These kill, <laughs> these kill team boxes have yeah. to be a bit of a dream for like your casual hobbyist, right? They are great, mate. You buy up, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You buy a box, you get two sweet new sets of models no one else has got. It's not loads to paint, right? It's two squads, really. Like, isn't yeah. isn't normally? You get two yeah. squads to paint on both sides, so take you anywhere between. I mean, if you slap chopping it a day. Yeah, if you're doing any other sort of like... A couple of weeks. Yeah, like cowardly painting method, uh, then a couple of weeks. And then you just then you, you set up to play a game with your pals, right? You and your pals, because they can have the one kill team, you can have the other, right? And off you go. Exactly. Like, honestly, I can see the reason it's... Like, I assume it's popular, right? Incredibly. So... Is there, are there competitive kill team tournaments? Like, how big are there they? There is. Uh, th- so the one at Warhammer World was originally going to be 60 players. It Because of kind of sickness and dropouts, it was 50. So that's still not bad. That is not bad. That was all, we for, had about uh, 60 for the, for the uh, three-man teams as well, because we had like 20 teams. That's so, yeah, pretty, that's right. That's pretty good. Like, I think it was 18 teams specifically, so it was 54 players. Okay, I could vibe on that, you know. Like that doesn't We should, we should go. We should go play Kill Team. All right, Tom, done. You and me. Yeah. Because I good. might take no, some... trio. I, yeah. Okay, it's so trio, yeah, because I might yeah, take some chunky Votans. Offer. I mean, we could just do one here. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a load of terrain, but you could also print some really good terrain. This is the the thing. If you print terrain, it needs to be very specific. And yes. not like copying their stuff, but because it has a very certain purpose, which I love yeah. about terrain, actually having a reason to exist rather than just I'm blocked by it or I'm not blocked. Do we know how big the, the Kill Team tournament of the Warhammer Open was? Like, my point is, like, and, and this is get, like an ongoing theme for the next six months or a year as you listen to the 40k Spy Center. I'm pretty certain that 40k is going to have a kind of like, uh, it's going to have to have a rude awakening 
uh, from a, a like it has an incredible set of law driving it, artwork, narrative, and obviously years of prestige driving what is an incredible IP. Yeah, but from game design perspective, it's it's really really old. Yeah, and just uh, and I don't mean like oh Rob, it's only like five or six years old. I just mean generally compared to other game systems where they make it as accessible and easy to get into as possible. Forty K like Games Workshop's got this kind of motif at the minute where they've got heresy incredibly difficult to get into uh, for new players 40k the same but kill team i guess like is like one of their kind of entry point things but it'll be interesting to see what happens with the popularization of playing tabletop games over the next two to four years with kill team as a backbone of those particular games in effect because like for busy dads yeah which is a huge portion of the population but you know for mbs ladies and everyone else who fucking fits into the the 40k community um any one of those people being busy, paying up one kill team to go and hang out with your friends for three days, it's pretty nice. Yeah, I've got you to can say. play it on your dining table. It's a lot easier to pitch to kids and their parents as well. You say, buy this one box of models, that'll do him. Not, here's this long list of stuff you have to buy, and a rule book, and, and all these extra layers. It becomes less of an obstacle. So it feels like it's the true introduction to the hobby for Games Workshop, rather than just going, right, if you're wanting to play this, play 40k. Because... That's not the route. Yeah. <laughs> uh, someone's saying, am I talking hard reset like AOS? Um, I mean, I would just take it. So I would strip it just to data sheets personally. But like, we'll do more of that over the next year, right? We'll talk more about like where this might be going, what's happening, and all those other elements, right? Um, okay, so interesting. Tom, would you be interested in one of these Kill Team boxes? Or like, do you it think it's kind of... what's in it. Um, I okay, like the Guardsman right. anyway. And also, like, it's mainly a money thing for me as well. Because as I was saying about 40K, like, sometimes we can get sucked into just oh, I need to buy that, I need to buy that, and then just have, like, yeah. a massive pile of shame, which I definitely do. But I'm trying to, like, you know, be a bit more objective. And I'm like, I'd really like one, but I don't think I could probably justify it because of the cost. If I was going to get into Kill Team properly rather than just borrowing stuff from my mates, I think that's a good buy. Because it, I'm assuming it'll give you the barricades and the whatever else you need to play, right? It's um, not that. It's just terrain and the two Kill Teams in the book. Okay, well, if it, does, if it doesn't give me the, bar- the barricades, I can't justify it. No. No, because okay. if, if I want to buy a kill team box, I'd give me I'd buy one that would get allow everything. Me to play kill yeah, team yeah, yeah. Game. You you, you yeah. want you want an inbox solution, right? Especially that price point, yeah. right? Yeah. Or I'm buying a box because I want all the models in it, which for kill team models I probably don't do. So yeah. I, I don't know if that's a thing for me. Okay. Uh, all right. Really interesting. Thanks, John, for your investigative yeah. work. Will it be Votan? Uh, Tom, you got an outside. The Temple in the chat thought it might be Gene Stealers. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Maybe. the Temple. Hope you're well. Um, the guard though, guard versus. If it's Gene Stealers, could be tempted, but for Votan, probably not. I wouldn't mind it being some chaos bros, some chaos cultists, maybe, but probably not. They've just well, done chaos a bunch of um, previews so. on Votan as well. Yeah, they so have just done, done a bunch like, of previews. Oh, yeah. this is the size of the Votan squat compared to a Space Marine. Look, it's half the size. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we're thinking. We okay. All right. Good. All right. Okay, uh, Tom, onto your section for the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, imperial knights have had their faq out right yes so um imperial knights came out mid-may um i believe well someone may correct me on that we got our faq for them mm. either today or yesterday we got it this week anyway right um so that's clarified a couple of things i also believe it's the last bit of the uh, rules coming out that's going to be uh allowed at the wtc <laughs> so i've been through it just to pick out what's exactly going on in here um, I believe I sent you a link. Yeah, there you go. You've grabbed it up right there. Nicely done. So, only a couple of bits, nothing too massive, but mainly it's clarifications on things that they got wrong first. So, the first thing that I clarified is um, 
so free blades are knights that don't belong to a, a subfaction, right? So you can take them, and they won't get any of your subfaction buffs, but you can take them in any army, and then they can get some other buffs instead, right? Um, what you could do with them is they could pick martial traditions, which are kind of like um, mini subfactions that you can take with those knights. Beforehand, the way it worked was, specifically with Armagers, Armagers you take as a unit of one to three, and then they split up into individual units after you've deployed them, okay? Mm -hmm. So it used to be, or they'd accidentally worded it, that you you picked your martial tradition as a unit. So when you picked your martial tradition for your Armagers, they all had to have the same set. Now I've changed that so it's it's individual models. Um, because most of the model units are just single models anyway, apart from Armagers, which you'd think of it even. For one reason they'd pick units, but I guess not. So to fix that, second thing they fixed is a fixed thing called noble combatants. Now this was a uh, thing that you could give to your knight, which is basically competitive edge mm -hmm. for your knight. So it was you roll all your attacks, you roll to hit, wound, damage, and then anything that doesn't reach the damage step, you re-roll. Okay. Okay. But it didn't work when you used your sweep profile on your knight or your strike profile. Okay. So when you're a knight, you normally fight in one of two modes with your close combat weapon. Sweep or strike. And this doesn't work on either of them. Alright. Okay. So you didn't get to use it at all. So now they've, they've fixed that, so now it just works on strike. And then they've also changed the Exalted Court and Bondsman rules. So Exalted Court was, you know how every book has, you pay 20 points, you get this upgrade on a unit, right? Yeah. yeah. You were previously able to stack multiple of those and single knights. Because they okay. never said you can have a maximum of one. So right, okay. take him that away. And there was a bondsman um, loophole that you could use to effectively get minus two damage on your Armager. Huge. Yeah. Um, so you could use something called the uh, Noble Exemplar, uh, which gave out bondsmen to nearby Armagers. And then you could also like give something another buff that gave it a minus one. Uh, minus one. I think it's with the uh, Helm Dom uh, Dominatus, but someone in chat can correct me. Um, and there was a way of doing it where you could stack minus two damage on Namaga, which was very funny, but also not intentional. So they've got rid of that, and then they've made a couple of weapons clarifications. But it's nothing major, but it is worth highlighting in the news because it is a thing that's happened. Okay. All right, good. Yeah, yeah and, 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 imp and important, right? Like, to get it yeah. get it done. Yeah. Okay. All right, sweet. Um, that's, a, that's a good amount of news. Obviously, off the back of Nelfim, everyone's still going to be pretty <laughs> hype about everything going off in 40k. Like, and then as we talked about, there's also I think people pretty, pretty, pretty frothy for the new guard book and frothy for the new Votan book. So, and with only demons in the mix, I think 40k is in a very interesting place for the next year. Oh, you mean only demons left to come out as a codex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh no, sorry, guard and Votan are to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but and we know demons. that with along with the kill team box, we assume yeah, that right. those also come out at the same time. So mm. even Demons puts us into like September, October, big yeah. Christmas release, gotta be Space Marines. Then you've got six months until launch a new edition. So actually pretty interesting time. So, so Marines... one of the things that we did on my publishing degree was that when you're releasing books for Christmas, yeah. you tend to release them in October yeah. or early October. And that date kept getting further and further away from Christmas. So this, oh, was, like, this was like 2014. 20 so i studied 2012 2015 so that was a period where it's like you'd have a, a super thursday or whatever it was called i can't remember but i'd assume if they're going to release space marines for christmas it would be late september early october but i don't i don't know whether they know that 
Yeah, but do we? Yeah, exactly. Like, if it's GW, <laughs> like, what was the plan in 1992, right? Because then that's, yeah. I reckon. Um, I but if it, in games in the chat, hell no. Uh, but even works. not, John, it puts us because normally there's a big Christmas release, right? Uh, and especially, it might not be for 40k, right? So normally they don't tend to push right on Christmas. We normally get, like Tom said, it's normally sort of November we get something, and then Christmas had been traditionally things like getting chapter approved a couple of weeks before which was always a bit kind of like great guys thanks for oh the yeah wrong and time it will be year. that as well because we just had nephilim in in june so and it tends to be they announce something on christmas day whether it's shit or not it's normally that <laughs> and then the next the next big actual reveal tends like at release tends to be kind of end of january just just in time for their end of year so we had custodies gloom spike gits we had big kind of whole ranges drop around then mm. so that might even be as far back as votan drops perhaps yeah, because they're going to okay. stretch it out now. I know that they were really behind, and the schedules all kind of disjointed. But, but I have a po- I have a point to make about that because you're right. Yeah, like all we've heard from Games Workshop, all those rumor mills and everything else, yeah. is heard that they were super super behind on all of their production yeah. stuff. Right, like super behind. Yeah. We're super behind. We're super behind. We're super behind. But now we're getting towards the end of the three year cycle of this version of 40k. Yeah. We're getting towards only six months left. Um, like, well, I mean, so next two codexes, then Space Marines 2.0 over the Christmas period, that only puts us six months away from the edition, which is generally when they do all their other stuff. Like, you know, they do all of their psychic awakenings or what have you over that six month period. So unless that was huge and was maybe meant to last a year and it's condensed down, I'm not sure, but actually puts us in a really interesting place going into it. Um, like I, I gotta say because this version of 40k has felt a bit odd because it's happened launched during lockdown happened as lockdown was going off it still feels fairly new i don't know how you feel about it so knowing it's coming to a conclusion in a year's time you know feels feels weird right especially when all those books have they've just come out that's what it definitely feels like like it feels like all the 40k books have just come out and then it's gonna change and i'm gonna have to buy those books again Right. It, it's the weird kind of duality of it that a book feels like it's only just come out, but then you also look at the print book of it, of like say Necrons, and it's not the same fucking book anymore. Oh so yeah, it just highlights the print medium issue. So, uh, touching on what you said about the backlog, Rob, Chaos Knights FOMO box came out, and then two weeks after the actual book came out on its own, and the yeah. Knights came out on their own. That's still quite recent, and that is that's a very short gap for them. Normally, that was like a three month gap. Type of thing between. I mean, I don't. I don't. FOMO I think and not. Normally, it's a little bit. Well, a little bit weird. They tended to be a bit of a stickler for kind of. Well, you say that. You say that because the only time it's ever ever happened was with orcs. Like they released the FOMO box for orcs, and it was FOMO because three months later the codex came out. Yeah. So the Whereas same how many of these sisters had that, specific? So. Yeah, yeah. Well, sisters yeah. was a weird case as well. But and Black Templars that took a while. No, yeah. it didn't. Black Templars that a couple of weeks later. I will get you the links. It was. It was quite a bit of a gap still. What was the name of the Black Templar box? Also, no one suffered from fear of missing out of Black Templars because no one no, bought No, completely not. <laughs> I, I've just sent my one that I bought on launch There's to no another shop because it never sold. <laughs> really? Why yeah. did no one buy it? Because I don't think there's any uh, no Maltese cross-loving Space Marine players locally. They're all too busy painting theirs boring colours. I bet like, there's a lot. You, okay, let's, let's put it this way. If you're going to buy a FOMO box for a sub-faction, mm. which sub-factions do you buy for? You buy for factions that people specifically care about. 
like there's a reason why um, Space Wolves and Blood Angels have supplements and they sell them. It's because people yeah. love those factions and they historically always have their own book. Black Templars did too, but the fact that Games Workshop left the third edition Black Templars Codex overhang mm -hmm. the sixth shows you how popular that was. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah, I, 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 was, I would say that one of the things that they could do well or they could do mm. well, like, is what they've done, like, with, like, orcs, with beast snaggers, which traditionally, you know, was a sub-faction. Not beast snaggers, obviously, they weren't called beast snaggers, but, you know. Yeah, snake bites. Snake bites were traditionally a sub-faction, and then they've really, like, elongated it into it, almost its own book. You can almost exclusively play snake bites and not play other orcs, right, John? Like, that could be, like, its own yeah. thing. There's, there's almost enough in there. They've kind of done that twice now with the last two codexes for orcs, though. They've gone, here's your evil sons, but here's your speed war. And this is now like, here's what would have been snake bites traditionally, and now beast snagger keyword. So yeah. it's their way of kind of dragging it out without locking it into the sub-faction. Yeah. So yeah it's it, the, it, almost the opposite of the Space Marine stuff. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I, I really do think that. Uh, someone just asked uh, in the chat, uh, why do they have to do a new edition? Actually, a really interesting phone call I had today with my friend Tom, who is coming with me to CCB, so Wallace. Not I was me. talking to him, and he was saying that the reason he got back into 40k, this is 8th edition, was because they touted it as a simpler edition. And he was like, <laughs> I feel like I could... I Well, I, I, but they touted I it as, it. right? Yeah. And it, it, it and was he, to start with. But honestly, I think that... The, I think. For regular gamers or for people who are in the hobby, I, I, I sometimes feel like it's very exciting and it's an interesting jump-off point. But actually, for someone who recently picked up a bunch of Star Wars miniatures because they were doing a sale, I feel the launch of a new edition feels like the point where you can jump into the game system. I would also say that that's why they're doing their six-month chapter-approved stuff, because you really feel like, okay, six. Oh, oh, what's happening with 40k? Like, well, actually... A year and a half ago, chapter approved. You're like, what? But like, no, you're like, new chapter approved. Do you want to go play 40k? And you're like, oh, cool. Like, you know, you buy that, you buy your models, you jump in all at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. and so actually, one of my locals was exactly like that. He's he's been out of the game because he's just had a baby, work's been really busy, and he's kind of just started reappearing. And he, this week he said, so what do I need to do? And we were like, right, look at what's changed in Nephilim. Here's how it starts. Ignore your secondaries in your book; they're in there. And it was—he now had this kind of fresh line to look at and go, right? I'm starting back now. So there is a positive to it, but it's confusing still. It's not so like I've a, a how do you jump on? Oh, sorry, Scott. I've yeah, just Karen. done my research on the Black Templar book thing. Yeah. The Thoma box released in October. The yeah. Codex released in November. Oh, so pretty close. Oh, that's close so to the thought, then. Close. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think with a lot of these phone ones, they're often meant to like accompany or like a little bit earlier, but I don't think it's meant to be a massive gap like it was with this and all. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, um, anyway, like, I, so yeah, new edition. Uh, I will get us there. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. Leading into the new edition, the main subject of the show today, leading into the yeah. new edition. Yeah, as always, you would get your you would get your advanced rules and you would send it out to your playtesters, very much like we had it with the Horus Heresy. Horus Heresy got all of the advanced rules, like, and it looked like they went through at least three waves of playtesting. And the reason we yeah. know that, John, is because oh, as he sips a drink, so just because I've got PDFs of it all. Yes, yes, <laughs> we, they were all of the Imagine Horus Heresy. Yeah, I know. All of Honestly. the Horus Heresy rules were leaked months before the actual launch of the Horus Heresy game itself. 40k, uh, John, uh, over the past year has had, uh, like, talk to me about the leaks. How has it been? So it's essentially been a sinking ship 
where each time there's been a leak, they've put their finger in the hole and gone, here's a here's a here's an actual preview of the thing that's been leaked instead. But each time there's another hole appearing the next, the next week because, again, someone leaks it. Whether it's rules, whether it's previews of models, doesn't seem to be any consistency to what's being leaked. It just seems that everywhere there's leaks. Yeah, everything. And all, all over the place, right? We had the Eldar yeah. Codex months before it came out. Yeah, <laughs> months. Just, just absolutely months. Don't forget, the launch of 9th edition 40K happened a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks before 40K was ever launched via Ram Ranch. That's how this edition launched. Ram Ranch was really the kind of indication. So we had best a bunch launch of launch ever, by the way. Best launch ever. Yeah, it was a bunch of uh, it was a bunch of <laughs> naked cowboys uh, PDFs uh, with uh, a bunch of like uh, quotes and sayings written all over them. Um, oh, so God. they were they were leaked and put all over the internet. And since then, 40K has just been a, a deeply leaky ship. Um, uh, and and also there's there's also like a follow up point as well before we get into the news on what I'm talking about. It's also been an inconsistently power level ship, right? Like this game has been. We've had several factions immediately launch at sixty to seventy percent win rates, like time and again, yeah. like like multiple factions, multiple times have been fucked at launch. The army's been giga fucked. That's I yeah. think that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. at launch, sure. I've, I think that some of it contextually might have been fine, because if we look at here's a good example. If you look at Admech right now, mm. they are very close to how they were at launch, but because everything else is uber broken, it doesn't look as bad in context. Like people are looking at Admech and thinking, yeah, they're eight tier. Like I was watching the um, Art of War um. Tier listed in. Some of that was mega sus, by the way. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> super happy. Can I just say that I was super happy because I tuned into a little bit of that as well. But I was super yeah. happy to get that they had a huge number of people tuning in because I oh, feel yeah, really, really cool. Yeah, I really it. feel like they've done the work to deserve that, and I'm like super yeah, chuffed yeah, for them. Like I 100%. thought that that was fantastic. I disagree with half their points, but I can't ever dispute that I think that they have earned their right to the, they've earned a right to those opinions. Yes. And they're doing a great job of what they do. Like, mm. I am fully aware that it's my opinion, and I'm not going to... It's not like, oh, I'm definitely right on this. Like, I think Tau is way too highly rated by them. Same with Blood Angels. I think Blood Angels are good, but I don't think they're very good. I think Tau are mud tier. I think oh. Tau suck ass. I really think they do, but that's beside, that's by the by. They, they have got their review on it, and fair play to them. They've earned that. And I've just thrown my knife across the board by the table with my finger. <laughs> but Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> I heard it and I worried what that thud was. I was like, yeah, it was. I made a point and then I hear thud. I'm like, just got something out. Oh god. Yeah. Okay. So we call so, this a knife. <laughs> okay. So with those two statements, right, is that the entire of Ninth Edition is basically la- uh, leaked before it ever came out, and every codex since, pretty much. Uh, yeah. And in follow-ups to that, and in addition, uh, the game has been giga fucked at every release, pretty much through its process. John. Uh, what were the rumours, uh, uh, the rumours that seemed very qualified um, to have happened? What, what's what been the situation? John. John knows. John's the one guy that doesn't know. I don't John know. Do, but John does know, because we told him. But <laughs> okay, then I'm throwing sorry. the question to him so to give us deniability, rumor... Tom. <laughs> and now I've had to say it on air. Like, that was the whole shtick. That was the whole shtick. What the fuck? Uh, I was hanging out with this guy called Garrow here. Who's oh, right, perfect. Stuff, um, yeah. And he, he told me 
apparently they've uh, binned all the external 40k playtesting teams. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me let me qualify this, okay? Yeah. There's an yeah. article on spiky bits, okay? Oh yeah. fuck! Oh <laughs> fuck! Now, now, Believe normally, it. normally we don't listen to spiky bits. Firstly, they spell up rumors the American way, which is the first sin, okay? But I'll get you the link, which Rob accidentally linked in chat earlier. That's okay. We'll get it. Okay. <laughs> There it is, there it is. Okay. So, uh, the headline is, Rumors, spelt American. Yeah. Uh, GW makes access a number of Warhammer 40k playtesters. Okay? Correct. So, so in, yeah. in, in news reporting, that would be what you would call your first source. Yeah? You normally have to have two sources for a verisi- verified story. So, I don't it, know if it we depends. can do... It depends. So, okay. if, if you are talking to a primary source, yes, a really good fucking source, like the guy who did it, and they tell you they did it, you're probably okay. Now, I, I haven't. I've spoken to multiple people about this, and I've got an idea of the number of playtesters that have been axed. And I believe it's somewhere in the region of 100%. <laughs> it is. I would like to yeah. double confirm, yeah, for the story. So the point is, uh, your OPSEC is even worse than Games Workshop, lads. Thank you. Uh, so, so it's all... in a region of 100% Viking of XD. Yeah, you could yeah. be above or below. You never know. My love to Team Badgers uh, for, uh, for, for subscribing. So 100% of the external playtesters have been axed from the 40k program. What does this mean? Okay, so if you weren't aware, 40k was balanced okay by the 40k rules department and their external playtest team they would they would now i want to be super fair to the playtesters so as i let me give you how i understand playtesting works yep. for 40k because i've had the opportunity to speak to many people who do it on the dl and effectively what happens is they get sent the codex that's already the version that's going to print like categorically they're like Correct. there you go boys this is what we wrote yep. and they're um, like and then they give them feedback, and that there's actually multiple people. Thank you, sorry again for resubscribing, and I hope you're well. Multiple people who've said that they've quit the playtester program because the, all of their feedback was was ignored, or most of it was ignored. So there's been some general like uh, frustrations in that you shouldn't do this. This is over the top, and then Bosch something over the top would happen. So that, let's just be super clear: these playtesters aren't responsible, in my opinion, for the shape of 40k as is right um i think it's a lot to do with they really just get sent a copy and like what stuff do we fuck up so that they can do that for the faq after is what i'm thinking mm-hmm. yeah that's or how i really giga fucked in a very rare occasion they may just pull the book yes right okay that's the, like in um so as we understand it as we understand it 100 percent of the playtesters have been axed from all of the playtesting of the external playtesters specifically the, yes. yeah of the external playtesters obviously like they don't have or they don't have or do they have an internal playtest team because they have put up a job role okay they've been advertising <laughs> Ooh, They've Maybe been adver- I can apply for this. They've Let's been advertising for a disaster recovery and incident ah, yes. manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a disaster recovery and incident manager. There they have. Go. They've been. They've been advertising. Is this real? This is real. This is a real so, job. So what is the job of a disaster recovery and incident manager, Rob? I think it's forty k. <laughs> oh. Okay. It's not. Is that in the job description? Really not. No, it's not. It's not. Right. <laughs> Oh jeez! Thanks, text, text priest Froxy for subscribing. Uh, no, that is that's just a gag that we had set up that was so perfect that we couldn't we couldn't <laughs> avoid it. Although I um, wonder what the salary is. 
like they it don't doesn't list it because Games Workshop's one of those really great companies. Oh, sorry, I, sh I should apply for the job because I want to control your disasters and incidents. Uh, <laughs> I <just keep> enthusiastic <laughs> about it. Okay, so uh, this is yeah. like um, uh, this is pretty huge, right? Like, in my opinion, isn't this like the biggest? Uh, you, you at the start of the show, like yeah. this isn't the biggest I mean, news. I was like, this yeah. is the biggest news in 40k because. And maybe the biggest news of 40k for a very long time, because they had a big system of like reaching out to the community. Hey guys, we're struggling with balance. We need you guys to help us with balance. I mean, it's clearly not worked. But... I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's clearly. Yeah, I mean, see previous points, but it was a big deal, right? Like because you at least then, I don't know, I don't know. Like maybe they got too much flat. John, what you got any thoughts on this? What are you thinking? So my optimistic thought immediately was does this mean they're going to go internal are they going to take it seriously and actually have a team inside in reality i don't think it is but that was my instant kind of hope was like does this mean they're actually taking it seriously and are they wanting to actually fix the game because they're trying to push it as this big ongoing every six months competitive scene but you can't have that without actually doing the testing right because other games that get it more right than they do take it seriously they don't just we'll go, also, oh, we'll send some stuff out occasionally. We'll also need to commit to a long-term plan, right? And it's difficult to do that when you've got, like, several dozen people telling you to knee-jerk reaction to various things. Yeah. Right? I mean, we've seen with, this with Necrons, right? Like, if they... <laughs> this is going to sound really harsh, but it is what it is. Those Necron buffs are absurd. So yeah. who on earth is advising <laughs> them on Necrons? It felt like I'll it was just who, like, let's try I'll this. I'll tell you who's advising on Necrons. Yeah. Necron players. <laughs> and it's what true. are Necron players going to want? Yeah, yeah, better Necrons. I agree with better you, Tom. I, I agree with you. I've I've always said I've always said that the the, the external playtester uh, program is a problem for two different reasons, and basically has been the point of the Honest War game ever since inception. We're free and independent media, right? We we have no NDAs, right? Hmm. So we we call it like we see it. Not related right? to this anyway. Well, not re not not really to anything. We, we say what we want. Yeah, we say what we want, so long right? As we don't get sued. Which means we get which means we get fair <laughs> review, and that's super important um, because a lot of these, a lot of the big content creators, a lot of other people have these NDAs because they're playtesters or because they get all the shit for free, whatever. So like, it's a little bit like this is fucked, this is not fucked, but they have to skirt around their ability or their inability to say so, um, yeah. right? It's not even like they don't have a conflict of interest, right? Because yeah. they are invested in their own whatever they like playing. It's like when um, it's like the Tower point. Like I don't think Tower very good, but obviously Richard still rates them on Art of War, and so he put them up as really high because he has a uh, an emotional attachment there, right? Yeah, yeah. But your to your point, to your point, or to, or to my point, what uh, what I think that you want is you want like there's also like it's also a fairly coveted position. I'm sure many of these playtesters were very vigorous in their responses. They were like, "This is this is." I'm sure they didn't say this was fucked, but I'm sure they're probably like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they were probably they probably gave really good and honest feedback, which I, I really respect and yeah, appreciate. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. But what you really need, and I've said this before, in every game system, they need an in-house development team, and I'm actually super excited about them canceling the playtester program, even if it's just because of leaks, because they might actually play uh, pay an internal group of people, which means they would have yeah. to hire. I'm hoping it's not just two guys, uh, but they would have to hire like a number, <laughs> just just two blokes, just like I mean, nine o'clock in the morning. I don't care if it's two blokes. If it's two blokes, I don't care so long as they know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, and this isn't even when I when I say that people are going to go out and battle for their factions, I don't even mean that as a slight. I, I I totally understand it, but also 
you know how when you're streaming a game, it's so much easier to see what someone should be doing when you're not actually in it. And yeah. you're looking from the top down and you can see what should be happening, what people should be doing, yeah. right? When you're in that faction and you, oh, well, I really wish we could do this with this faction. It'd be really cool if we added this, this, and this. It's it's really hard to get that objective view on. So we've had an issue with this, with external balance for ages. Mm. And you're going to when people only see their own faction. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. Like there's there's always bias, right? Which is why I hope yeah. it's not two guys. I hope there's enough people in that room that you get like that cross pollination of ideas and arguments. Yeah, you people know, will have and, a holistic view of the game. I do have a problem. I do have a problem with this whole setup though, because because for any other game company or for any game company, I would say that that's absolutely the right thing. You should pay these people. The playtesters weren't paid, so you should pay this development team. I'm super excited about the concept that people might get paid for their labor. Great, great job. Big thumbs. But my follow-up is I've worked in Games Workshop. They do not have what I would describe as a robust, um, uh, a robust culture that really stands up to internal conflict. They do not do well with... We certainly have an internal culture. (laughs) <laughs> they yeah. certainly very much like we live in a society like yeah. like, like i i uh, i really can't see um the the guys that have been hired in guys girls i'm using guys obliquities by the way like could be anyone but yeah. the people that they hire in right yeah. to be their playtesters being like okay just fyi this is fucked and then being like mm, your performance review you used a lot of combative language and yeah. you're like, I have to tell them it's bad. It's a war game. That's <laughs> my job. Yeah. That's the point. You <laughs> like, need to that's... go, this is broken, because this needs fixing. And then it's having a, a measured discussion between each other going, what's the solution? Because that's how you make things progress, right? And that exactly. should be what they're encouraged to do. But if that's not the environment they're working in, it's not going to change. That's going to be like, I worry that the people who get hired are going to have to be yes men because the culture is a yes men culture. Right, which is like, but I hope not. I hope like we see leadership changes across the company and and everything else, and that would be really fun to see. Because I don't think any of this, I don't think any of the playtesting being cancelled and the the program being shut down is because of balance. I think it's only because of leaks. Oh no, like, like yeah. I, yeah. what do you two think? No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's hundred percent because of leaks. Yeah, I, I I don't think. Yeah, I can't disagree. With you. And I can think probably two books on release so far that have felt scary, not, not as scary as the rest. Everything else has felt incredibly strong from the get-go. So to me, from a layman, you look at it and I think maybe people think they're intentionally doing it. They're making it gigafucked at first because it sells stuff. And that's at the end of the day, what they want us to do is go out and buy toys, right? Mm-hmm. If you go out and buy a shitload of Tyranids because they're really strong. So I sold so many of those stupid little brain bug guys the, the couple of weeks after that book dropped because people just going they're really good i'm buying them and that's that's what they want at the end of the day right if someone spends 200 quid on models for a book they've just bought a relative if they're ever going to paint them put them on the table just the threat of buying them that's what they want so it feels like the cynic in me goes they are making them gigafucked because if they make them broken they sell a load of toys nerf it back down next book same again yeah, but then there are some examples of books they released which were trash when they released them. So I don't. There's a, I, I, there's a few like, that and, kind of don't match that. I know and also mean. they released new units, and then those new units are trash. So I, I just really just don't which think that's odd. Doesn't match up, does it? Quite because because but... I, I just don't I just don't think that's true. Sorry, John. Like that's yeah, my feelings on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
John, uh, Tom, you got any thoughts on that? No. But I think that was pretty comprehensive. <laughs> but, the, uh, but the the bit that really makes me smile, right, is because I guess there's I guess there's loads of things to unpack about this, and it's such an interesting story. But the bit that makes me smile is for a very, very, very long time, in the past five years, nearly six now, Games Workshop have had the opportunity to say, we've made this game and our playtesters have tested it and off we go, right? They, like, they, they were at least co-opted. There was a group of people who it was also their responsibility. You know, yeah. like so, like one of the guys could be like, "This thing was giga fucked," and underneath the comments, we like we all know Lawrence from Tabletop Tactics is a big Drukari fan, yeah? yeah, and I'm sure he would have had some opportunity to play test Drukari as one of the playtesters. I'm sure he didn't mind how fucked they were, right? <laughs> as an example, yeah, but well, here's here's a point that I made earlier, right, about how people don't necessarily realize how strong or weak their factions are from the inside, right? Great. Point. Do you remember when Drukari first dropped? Yeah, and Tabletop Tactics did that video saying, "Oh, there's nothing overtly broken in the Drakari bug." <laughs> do you remember that? I do. I do. Of course, they didn't. F- yeah, they yeah. Because because time, you get blinkered. Oh, this Be- is a fun thing to do. They didn't. Yeah, it was the um the rose tinted glasses. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I don't, I, I, I don't I blame that. him. It's like you know, it's normal. But but equally, like when you talk about responsibility of playtesters and what have you, I think it's difficult to say to the playtesters, "Hey, you've got some responsibility over how this game works." When you've got dozens of playtesters out there, mm. and how am I going to how am I going to put this? You've already mentioned how they didn't get the books until after they'd already gone to print. So first yes. of all, you're a voice among dozens. You yep. don't get an editorial or feedback input on the book pre-print. Most of the time. Okay. Right? It's How can you tell people you've got responsibility when you make no effort or give them no power to actually affect any change? Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I, I feel like they've been in a really tough position for a very long time. Yeah? So... Mm. I don't like again yeah. loads of love and respect to all of them from all of the different communities, agency, my forty k, whatever the situation might be, right? Whoever is doing that work for those people. My mm. point is that actually, for the very first time, whenever the next thing comes out that they've axed this program, yeah, it's now the company are now like this is our like they're holding all of the handbags. I think they're Do doing it I mean? anyway though because you can't throw it on the playtesters because it's some people did weird, though and they just make yeah. the call. Some people did though. Some people did though. Do you remember? Do you remember? Oh, those people are idiots. Yeah. Well, okay. A good example would be: Do you remember when they decided to change the board size to forty-four by sixty? Yeah. And then Frontline Gaming Network were like, "Yeah." Then Frontline Gaming Network were like, "We all of our all of our new mats are going to be that size, and at our tournaments, all of our tournaments will be that new size." And then Games Workshop did an article like the next day, and they were like, "Play whatever oh, size they you want." Yeah, yeah, they were like, yeah. Well, "Yeah, they threw them under the bus because the outrage was so severe at the time." Most people may have well, forgotten that, right? And they obviously have like a business relationship, right? And that was like that was awful to see because they were like, "Yeah, we got you back," and then they just threw them under the bus. Which well, I but part was... of that also, I don't think Frontline Net Gaming did themselves any favors by selling seventy-two by forty-eight maps at their last event when they knew there were going to be different size boards. They they sold off all of their ones off the tables specifically I think as well at a discount. Yeah, they sold they sold all of the maps all out. LBO, yeah. knowing the size of maps was going to change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah. didn't help themselves. They put well, it right. But so that's interesting because then the whole the whole company is left with the handbags right of yeah. this is your responsibility whether or not before Tom it wasn't yeah once the story comes out and breaks which is what's mm. happening now like as of today 
that immediately becomes like some incredibly good gossip, right? And then immediately everything goes on to them. And then I think a lot more focus on who and what is actually producing those things, right? Like who's their community yeah. manager who's going to be in charge and responsible for those conversations, right? I think that's going to be interesting. Also, if that, you hope that they keep that line of communication open with some of those more experienced players and play testers and community groups and community leaders. You hope they keep that line open because that line being open is really important because if they try to do everything from isolation, we end up with the Depticon from 2017 where they took Tyranids and they even put different weapons on their models that you couldn't take if you remember when the Games Workshop team did that. Which was I do, I don't. But okay, didn't well, that they was... do kind of rubbish? They did terribly. They did terribly. Uh, John, what are your thoughts on this? So kind of going back around to the whole playtesting thing, when you say about kind of them getting the books late, it also dawned on me that if you're given a book in isolation, so you'll say, as an example, given the Eldari book, and this is, say, six months before the book actually was supposed to drop, you're testing it against books that don't include the ones that will come out before your book. So to me, that also felt like it was almost a waste of time because you're not, you're not testing ninth edition books against all the ninth edition books in the like right a, yeah, yeah it's it's it, you they should be designed to be fighting against other books from the same edition if people are having to rely on using half the books from eighth edition you're not getting any good data out of that because there's no context to that is there well so i feel like me, there's at least some of that because we've yeah. got a relatively balanced game based upon what i say <laughs> i think you slowly okay. do but we've got a load of codex, right? we've got a load of codexes that are equally broken to each other okay yeah, yeah, i say yeah. relatively balanced but i don't mean it in a good way yeah. okay <laughs> like yeah so yeah, yeah. somewhere along the line someone has played these giga broken books against each other okay somewhere along the line does. whatever it was the external playtest department i i doubt it you never know however <laughs> I think it was done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, I think honestly, um, uh, so uh, Tom talked about this a year ago, so Adventure for Sylvania, um, when the mail rule book leaked a few days before release, it was worried about the impact of the long-term future of the testing program. It was spot on. Yeah. Tom, like you said, you were worried about them removing playtesting. Yeah. Yes. Now that it's happened, so well done on your prophetic, uh, like, foresight. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> a classic Eldar player. Um, yeah. now, uh, now that that's occurred... Like, are you worried about the future? Like, talk to me about, like, what you think ramifications um, may be. Did, did I like the playtesting department? Yes. Okay. Did I think that it was doing what we needed, or it has done now, what we needed it to do? Mm -hmm. um, probably not quite. Do we need to reorganize the entire testing department of rules? Yes. Yep. Okay, great. So, on one hand, I'm glad we're getting some change because I think that it's necessary. Is this, but whether or not I'm saddened by this change being made is going to depend upon what comes afterwards. Okay. If we get, um, or if Games Workshop are able to implement a better system that is driven by uh, a desire for excellent rules and a good, enjoyable game, fantastic. That'd be really good. But if this is done, specifically because of the leaking, which I suspect it is, mm -hmm. based on what I was worried about in the past, I would be incredibly skeptical that we're actually going to get that. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I think the games works up, think that where we are right now is okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, if they were just like, they were like, thanks everyone. (laughs) They were like, thanks everyone for the past six years. We're actually hiring a couple of you out of the community. I'm sorry this has been kind of like a bit of a shock, but they're going into an R&D department. They're getting paid. (laughs) But that is not the situation, right? They've just been like, like, what did Tenart in the studio says? Fuck it, let's do it live. Like, they're just going in raw dog. Is, and I'm with you, Tom. I agree. John, well, what are your I'd thoughts? If I said that on a broadcast, you would, would have nailed me to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, John? So this has now got me thinking to the future. Like, if they've cut a line here, so mm. say, for example, 10th edition 40K, they've obviously been working on that for a good good while. Yeah. Maybe they're now at a stage where they've got a beta copy of that. They're going to then maybe throw that at a testing pool internally. There's a good opportunity there that because if it's going to be out in under a year, mm-hmm. they need to get tested right before they can hit the print button. Because they're going to print it, right? They're not mm-hmm. going to flip in do digital, are they? No. But it's an opportunity, right? They've, they've then got an intense five, six months of testing it in maybe with the, all the complete ninth edition books with just a new version of the rules to overlay on it. Maybe that's enough. Maybe that's a good start to balancing a game out a little bit. That with some points changes. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it could be, it could be, but then where does it go from there, right? Like, how much lead time and development, um, like, how much, like, development does it yeah. need, basically, right? What do you think? Like, what, like, what do you think depends needs to go Depends on resource, it? right? Like, so yeah, if, okay. If the, it depends if they're, if they're taking the mick and only putting, like, the two guys in a room thing, that's not yeah, necessarily I mean, going to translate into getting effective information quickly. If they take it seriously and go, 16 yeah. guys in a room, boom. You get that feedback quicker. Yeah, I mean, you're going to end up with a situation as well if you just have two people where they're just going to come to one conclusion and then just reinforce their own ideas, right? Yeah. Like, if it comes to a conclusion that, oh, this book's crap or what have you, it's going to be a, it, it's going to very much be the case of that, regardless of whether or not it's true. And if because one person has a stronger people, personality to the other guy I mean, or has biases kind to of, things, or respect to their rules knowledge or what have you, making assumptions yeah. about things. Like, yeah. um, for example, I, I don't doubt that, like, we've come to this conclusion about Nacrons of Team Wales, or we did ages ago when it was just the book and yeah. given like a couple of things core from like the previous FAQ thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, God, please do not make the rules open source. My word. Like, <laughs> that would be terrible. Um, so yeah, it, we came to that conclusion internally, right? Obviously different like internal groups came to different inter- conclusions, yeah. right? And one group isn't going to be right every single time. And no. it's why you need those kind of... That's why you have the extended playtesting department in the first place. So you could have all these different groups balancing ideas off. Because the way they did it was they'd have one person... Um, like play, oh, This person's a playtester in this area. They can invite one other person to playtest with them, right? Yeah. That's how it worked. So you end up with people who you wouldn't traditionally think of as playtesters playtesting because they'd be the practice partner of another playtester. Yes. So they could just practice against each other and not need to go off and try and find other people to play against. And like, oh, yeah, here's my... Uh, uh, totally made up rules that I'm definitely not playtesting words. You know what I mean, right? Yes. Yeah. So it gave In people yeah. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which was a great idea, to be honest. It was a really, really good idea. I mean, it's just a, it's just a problem when you have that many groups, and even many have people with like different ideas. In fact, entire hive mind can still be wrong, especially when you don't have a group internally that's able to pass those ideas and understand why one person's right over one other person, right? Yeah. Maybe you trust this person's feedback more than this person. Like, which and, I suspect you do, right? And to some extent, 
I think it's healthier if your playtesting group can almost interact directly with the guys writing the rules so that there's not a buffer of someone going, this is feedback that needs to get to them or doesn't. Because at the end of the day, even if it's bad feedback and they're not going to take it all on board, but, but then it might be a little a bit. Good, but then you need a good section at the top that can yeah. really pass the feedback and understand what's good and bad. Yeah. Right. And I think Whereas that's, that's been the weakest through, link is potentially, isn't it? So. Well, well, kind of. like If I'm like a manager or something and I get a bunch yeah. of different feedback, how do I know what's good and what's bad? Because I know, because yeah. I have a good understanding of the... Um, yeah. Of the subject matter, right? It's yes. why you don't just throw people into managerial positions <laughs> as, as a general rule. No, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, have but to in reality, like, we might not see that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But you, yeah. you have to understand like the subject matter, so that way you can um, make good decisions based off lots of people's feedback, but then contradict each other, yeah. right? Which doesn't necessarily happen all the time, especially when you then see, like, we've already talked about 2017 Adepticon, where the 40k rules team goes to Adepticon, doesn't ever own rules and gets battered. Yeah, because so. then it's also, to me, looks at sometimes if you're doing it book by book in isolation, you're not looking at the kind of the grand scheme of how things mechanically should work and develop. And it always feels like it's kind of you do a new book, it becomes a problem. You then have to te- kind of edit other books to kind of deal with it, which wouldn't be a problem if it was, say, a computer game, because you do just tweak things. But when it's in print like it is, it doesn't necessarily translate into something you can just do all these little small tweaks without it just becoming page after page of just printouts that people have to have. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to work out what I'm actually going to have to insert into my Necron Codex at some point. It's terrifying. I started <laughs> Although, thinking about having that. Said that like, which elements? Well, to be honest, the fact that everything is core <laughs> makes my life a whole lot easier. <laughs> yeah, because it used to be kind of a tick box of like which ones, because originally it was like four years, right? It was pretty stingy as a as a suggestion. And as a design choice, that's that's a good example to me. Like you look at when they were making the decisions on, not even like a playtesting decision, like a game design decision. Core originally suggested to me, this is going to be something that you should always have in a list, no matter what almost, and is meant to be that, that kind of the bread and butter in the middle it then changed drastically from book to book that qualification. It's like suddenly it went from like, you look at Necrons and it was like, here's a, f- a handful of things. And you look at space Marines, it's every fucking unit. And that yeah. makes some sense to space Marines in a weird sort of way. But at the same time, yeah. from a game standpoint of actually reward and kind of the cost and the kind of the reward to these sorts of things, it didn't make any sense. And so, it's progressively got worse, right? Like at Orcs, yeah. Orcs is I mean, mostly core as well. There's something I want to address in the chat because I I like this conversation. Uh, Marchetta has mentioned in the chat that the lead designer of Civ 4 talked about how writing AI who knows how to play the game was separate to knowing how to actually play the game. And this is part of the thing I have with coaching, right? Yeah. Because if I'm coaching people, um, I always compare it kind of to like dating sites because the moment that you get a successful player is the moment that you have someone who's stopping stopping paying you, right? (laughs) It is. Because if I can teach you to teach yourself how to play 40K well, if I can teach yeah. you how to understand good decision making, what do you need me for, right? Whereas if you're paying me to teach you what's good, you never understand why it's good. You just have a set playbook of a flow chart that you follow every game into each matchup, yeah. right? So you know what the good decisions are. You just don't know why they're good decisions and therefore you can't work on the fly, right? And so if you don't understand why something's a good decision, how on earth can you pass information and decide what the good route is? Learning Warhammer is a lot like, um, uh, like, 
it's, it's, it's a lot like <laughs> higher education, right? Like in when okay. you're when you're in primary Learning school, to pass and, exams. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what happens when you're primary school and secondary school, right? Like, yeah. like you are taught information. Now, in some classes, in some classes, obviously you're taught to examine the information, like history, like question the source of where you're learning from. Sure, sure, it's really interesting uh, reading about Caesar's adventures, right? Um, but when he describes the Gauls as uh, barbarians, they had like he was he was making that was problematic. Little... That was problematic, yeah. right? Like so, so remember the source, right? It's very galling. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. But the point is, the point is, is, as you get as you as higher into education you go, you get you get taught to work information out for yourself. You don't get given information yeah. at school. You like, by the way. You know, like vaccines work. Really simple shit, right? When you're at school, like as a child, never you. Yeah, as a child. (laughs) But like, as you get older, as you get older, you're taught to like question why do they work, how do they work, and you're you're made to go off and literally go and study your own. You can go and make them yourself. Yeah, yeah. For a big pharma company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So critical (laughs) thinking. Uh, like Grubby says. Well, you ignore it all and read Facebook articles and go, I'm not going to take them because they're going to make yeah. my children be something. <laughs> uh, right, but the point is... I'll tell you what, I took vaccines, now I'm buff as hell. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. But, yeah, my point is, my point is, is that I actually think that... Um, uh, the ability to question is the thing that you learn is is the best thing you can do when you play games well. Like because really you're asking why does that thing do what it does, and your next question is how does it do it, and what can I do to stop it? You, you've asked yourself the first two questions and you've gathered the information. So I agree with Tom. You can't learning by rote is pretty rough in war games and doesn't really work overly well. Um, so there you go. All right, interesting chat. I mean, huge fucking bombshell news, right? Or um, like. I don't know. I feel like it's massive because the implications are pretty severe one way or the other. Um, yeah. and, and, and as Tom said, I really think it's because of the leaks, not because of some well thought out and developed program that Where they've got in place. We're trying to redo the department to make the uh, rules good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that's going to be interesting. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, okay. Uh, John, you got anything planned for this week? Um, I'm actually going to play some 40k on Sunday. Uh I'm going to play 40k on Sunday. It's going to be weird. Oh, what are you playing? Why? Super weird. Um, I'm going to play a game against the new uh, Chaos Space Marines. Oh, okay. You're you playing? Oh yeah. my god! So close to being a Chaos Space Marine player. I won't lie to thee. I, I want to, but ironically, during the second lockdown, I was kit bashing uh, Blood Blood Warriors, the Age of Sigmar corn dudes into chaos space marines to make some corn berserkers so now i'm actually that new supplement john i'm not because i'm looking at that going i can't trust games workshop they have a habit of going you're getting your own codex you're not having these five units and classically it'll be the five units that i've just finished building and painting in bright red so i'm just like i'm frozen on chaos i'm waiting until they actually get the fucking book because if i buy something i'm like i bought i made i kitbashed orc buggies out of um, you've and then the buggies fucking got replaced can i can i tell you one thing <laughs> can i tell you one thing that i think Awful. is absolutely true now especially with the six months books mm. is you should pick an army and stick with it pick two if you want but i really think this game in no longer is something you could jump between unless you've got like unless you like got you know like eight million Change. armies already because you're on a youtube channel i just don't think it's possible 
Yeah. I really don't. Uh, yeah, I know you got a lot, Tom. I get it. Like, and you've got a lot really you can choose that. from. But I'm my point, yeah. But my point <laughs> is, is you should pick an army and you should stick with it, or like a few, right? Like, I, I honestly think them. that's that's better. Uh, what do green you think? or green, green or green, Rob. Dark that's angels or Nurgle? Is that what you're saying to me? Orcs. Oh, orcs. Okay, dark <laughs> yeah, angels. Like, just keep green. it simple. Because yeah, it's easy being green. Yeah, and I think I think you ride it out. I think you just go with the highs and the lows, yeah. like which is never something I necessarily would like have argued before. Surely, if you pick three, yeah, and like I was like, pick one, no, pick two, three. Uh, surely, if you I'm, pick three, I've picked uh, Imperium, Xenos, uh, and Chaos. But then I think if you stick with three, then I think you're in a good spot to ride out the waves between mm. like, and that's enough variety for anyone. Like, God knows how many games you think you're playing, right? Um, but anyway, uh, Tom, you got any shout-outs? Anything you're doing? Yeah. Uh, I want to shout-out my brother because he's just had his honeymoon cancelled for the third year in a row. Oh, Jesus Why? <laughs> Which is very sad, but very funny. But mainly sad. Yeah. Uh, so, shout-out to him, I guess. He won't watch this, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Be cruel, cruel, man. Amazing. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to shout out the Twitch chat. Thanks very much for tuning in live. And thank you to everyone who listens to this podcast and watch back on YouTube. Uh, my appreciation to all of you. Um, uh, so, uh, Vulgence for Sylvania says, Rob's spot on. I play guard and it seems like the least worst unit changes every three months. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> the least worst unit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, shout out to everyone in the chat. Thanks for tuning in live. Interesting place for 40k over the next couple of months and next year. So looking forward to it. Talk to you soon and look after yourselves.